Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Canadian Premier League Newsroom Show. I am Christian Jack, brought to you by our friends at Volkswagen. On today's show, we will recap, quite frankly, a remarkable playoff weekend where we saw a sold-out crowd in Halifax witness a brilliant game of knockout football between three versus four and another historic moment in Calgary between Cavalry and Forge as once again we saw the Hamilton side come out as the winners to make their fifth final in five years. On this show, we will hear from all four coaches, plus the likes of Manny Aparicio, Daniil Henry, Dan Klomp, Kyle Becker, and more. First, though, we start in Nova Scotia, where Halifax Wanderers, as the team that finished third, welcomed fourth place Pacific in their first ever home playoff match. We bring in our very own Charlie O'Connor-Clark, who was there for us. Charlie, great to see you as ever. Pretty special piece of CPL history once again that you witnessed firsthand. Um, It was not your typical tense knockout match. There was lots of chances, had a little bit of everything. Um, What was it like to witness and, and how will you remember this one? Yeah, this was... Quite the quite the special day. I mean, even just before the game, being in the city of Halifax and in the lead up, it's just little things just that that told me how special this day. I was like going to coffee shops and hearing people talking about it, or the radio traffic report was telling people what the best route to take is going to be to the game. It was a big game feel in Halifax, and it certainly felt like that on the day. Um, and we can't say enough about the the atmosphere in that stadium. But obviously. Uh, Pacific are the ones that got the better of this game and and uh, we're going to dive into it a bit but it was quite a, a plucky and, and resilient performance from a Pacific team who had a lot stacked against them to be quite frank going into this game after playing on Wednesday night in Langford going all the way across the country to Halifax uh, in, in just a few days time this was like an 11 a.m. kickoff for them uh, and they played quite well I thought for large stretches of it it pretty much went to plan for pacific uh with scoring in the first half knowing that the legs were going to tire in the second half so they didn't really need to to open up the taps and try and find an equalizer or anything because they did what they needed to do in the first half yeah it was an incredible game of football uh you know i'm just watching it thinking how different it was to watching last year's playoffs Mm -hmm. where we had a little bit more of a timid uh, first legs uh, between one and four instead of you know and two and three. This game felt so important. Obviously, covering it from the broadcast studio, you you felt like what it was like. Is it fair quickly to say, Charlie, that it just meant so much more because they knew there was going to be an outcome and a resolution? It just had that big game feeling rather than a first leg of something. Halifax probably deserved that moment. I know it didn't go their way, but just that that whole thing just made the entire thing bigger. Yeah, it, it's very easy for footballers to get up for a game where if you win you move on and if you don't you are done your season's over um and Halifax obviously knowing that this was going to be the last game they played at home this year no matter what um that maybe helped a little bit in terms of the the fans getting behind them but it was a game where every second felt like it mattered Mm. uh you know even in the first half if somebody's taking a little bit too long with a throw in there's people getting on his case right um every and, and really for a lot of the first half until pacific scored it felt like things were going fairly well for halifax in ways i mean they they would be giving they'd give the ball away with sloppy passes but then pacific couldn't hold on to it at all and halifax would win it back somehow and it felt like things were kind of slowly building but then it was one of those transition moments that was exactly what pacific were looking for in this game and uh that's that's two playoff games in a row that it's kakuta mane who yeah. comes in from from the left wing and I uh, just puts it in a dangerous area. And, and I, I feel for Zach Fernandez, who's had a, an incredible season in Halifax, but it's a, a tough moment, or an, an unlucky moment for him, really. I don't think there's a ton that he could do right. uh, to get that ball away. But, you know, that's sometimes that's all it takes in a, a cup game like that, in a playoff game, right? Where you know, sometimes you need things to fall perfectly for you. And, and that's really, really how you get an advantage. And really, that's what happened for Pacific. You know, Halifax hit the woodwork like three times and there were two or three blocks off the line and and a couple great saves from Gazdov as well it's just one of those days where the soccer gods fell on one side yeah no doubt small margins as ever in these in these kind of games and most of the people listening to this will listen later as a podcast but if you are joining us live please put any questions you have in the chat we'll get to them uh Flem and Alexander we see yours we'll address yours shortly and we'll get to Halifax shortly but the story here as you mentioned is Pacific Football Club um, they win Wednesday night at home. By then, by the way, it's already Thursday morning, Atlantic time, 62 hours later, after one of the longest domestic away trips in world football. 
they pull off what can only be described, Charlie, as a truly incredible away win. Um, they had a different formation that they played all season. They went with a 4-4-2 with the two big guys up front. And then even though they consistently changed it, they still kept that shape. Mm-hmm. Um, Adonijah Reed was up there at one point with Manny Aparicio playing in the two as well. What impressed you about them being so close to this? Yeah, it was maybe exactly what Pacific have needed was a, a kind of change like this. We've seen them in the last few weeks of the regular season really being a little bit stale at times, especially in attack. Because um, they, they hadn't really changed things all that much that many times. And, and the goals weren't, necess- weren't necessarily falling for this team as, as much as you know maybe we're used to with all the attacking talent in this team. And really the, the way that they set up, I mean, when, when the lineups dropped about an hour before this game, I look at it and I'm like, okay, it makes sense that Mane and Reed have come into this team after what they did on Wednesday night. They're going to be a lot fresher because they came off the bench in that game. But then I noticed that Angaro's in there and Daniels is in there. So I'm like, okay, yeah. this is... This is different. And honestly, honestly, I was a little bit surprised at how well it worked for them. I was wondering if it might be if they might have trouble in midfield with uh, with just Aparicio and Sean Young going up against it's the likes of Caligari and, and Mo Omar and even Callum Watson was in there. Um, but and, and there were moments in this game, especially in the first half, where that space did open up for Halifax uh, kind of in behind them when maybe Aparicio got caught a little bit high up. But for the most part, it really helped Pacific get more numbers forward and, and create those transitional moments, which was obviously exactly what they wanted to do in this game. They knew that they didn't necessarily have the legs to possess the ball in this game, and they certainly didn't. They had like 27% possession, which uh, which I, I think might be a season low in a CPL for any team. Right. Um, but they were able to do what they wanted to. They would get the ball forward quickly and directly, um, they used the pace of, of players like Data Luke and Mane to get it forward and get in behind Halifax. And again, it's it's just they needed to create that one moment, and they did. And then they they held firm for the rest of it because there was a lot of desperation defending, obviously, at the end. I think Didich and Mayor Jaguer both had double-digit clearances by the end of this game. They were uh, awesome. Both yeah, of them. Absolutely incredible. Immense. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely immense. And, you know, it, it did feel like Halifax were throwing absolutely everything at them but those two and Gazdov together just they weren't letting it happen they weren't letting it happen and and that's really a really incredible thing for those players to be able to do so late this game went into the 113th minute and they were still able to do that uh despite I'm what I'm sure are are legs that they could barely feel at the end of it yeah, undoubtedly, uh, incredible performance. And, you know, people would criticize them. I know Halifax fans were all over social media criticizing Pacific. I get that. You know, you get mm-hmm. beat by a team that hardly had the ball, but that was their best route to success. And no one's going to slam Pacific on that, certainly from an independent point of view. This is a team that has played as, as good as attractive football as they can when they're able to. And this, you know, with everything they've gone through was what they felt was the best way of getting over the line. Uh, do we expect them to play that way consistently going forward as a team? No, um, that is not their DNA, but they needed to do that that day and they got the job done after the game myself jordan wilson and gareth wheeler caught up immediately with their head coach and manager here's james merriman let's hear from the pacific manager james merriman joining us pitch side an emotional 100 minutes of football your side left it all out on the field today how proud of you uh, proud are you of the commitment of the performance by your team here today uh, it's it's amazing yeah. it's a, yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. They're 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 an impressive group. Um, they're a frustrated group as well. Everybody's been writing us off. This is a ridiculous trip out here. The travel um, to come in and and you know buy into the match plan and be there together 100 percent and do what we needed to do to get the win and get the result in advance. You know. Now we get to rest, put our legs up, and we'll be ready to go. And I don't think we fear nobody. Right. We're back. James, congrats to you and the, and the boys for a, a hard-fought, mm. a great win. Please talk to us about you switching yeah. the mentality, formation, 4-4-2. I said primitive. Wheel said progressive. Either way, it's a different Pacific side than we've ever seen. When did this idea come to you? Was it on the plane? Was it in the shower? Like, how did you change this up? We're watching a talented Pacific side that plays tiki-taka football usually, and you guys are throwing elbows and getting grass in the mouth. Yeah. Just talk to us about, like, what this changed and how this came about. Honestly, Jordan, um, I mean, it takes a lot of the moments that have happened in the last month, two months, but 
We came out here um, a while ago, and, and we, DJ picked up an injury just before we, gonna, we were going to come out here and play a 4-4-2 with DJ and Easton up top and play similar to how we did today because there was a, a lot of games in a short amount of time. So it wasn't so foreign to what we had planned before. Um, I think it's the moment now. It's a, it's you know you knock it's knockout football. You advance, so you get that spirit and the collectiveness to buy into it. Um, we made it very difficult. I don't you know very very difficult. Of course they're going to push towards the end, but we defended very well, very organized. You know I can't speak enough about our center back pairing and our 20 year old goalkeeper. You know to deal with the crowd the way he did and keep his composure. Amazing amazing progression for him. James, I was going to ask you about your defenders, but you just answered it. So I'll finish up with, with you. You won this championship with Palmer Ducar in 2021 as his, as, his, as his assistant. You've coached in CONCACAF, but yeah. where, where does this yeah. rank right now, my friend, as you're uh, right up there? Is it going to be number one for you as a head coach right now so far in terms of the games you've managed over the past couple of years? Yeah, I mean, you know, the championship with Pa, the, the, the Whitecaps match with Pa, and I think the Herediano game last year was one of the best games, even though we went out in penalties, and, and this is right there. This is right there, but, uh, but now we want more, right? You guys obviously have the talent combined with belief. It can do incredible things. We're looking forward to what you have in store next week. We'll chat with you then, James. Congratulations, uh, go rest up and maybe lay back, enjoy the lengthy travel back to Vancouver sure. Island. Uh, the rest is well deserved. Congratulations. Well done. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, fellas. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Charlie, there's nothing better than seeing the emotion there. No? Like, that's what it's all about, right? You can see it. You can feel it. And you were right there with it. You, we're going to get to your interviews in a second. But that's that's the best part of the job for me is, is, yeah. is just being that – you know, that assist to the person when you hold the mic, you ask the right questions and then you just get their emotion. Yeah. A hundred percent. You could see what it meant to, to the players, the going bass and, and slapping James on the back. And I know it's been a tough few weeks for James Merriman, you know, knowing how the results went for Pacific at the end of the year is really, really frustrated. Right. We've, we've spoken to him several times and, and I think this was a really, really big moment for that club. And, and it just feels like there's so much more positive energy around Pacific than there was literally a week ago. Uh, before the the fourth fifth game, uh, and 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 at this point, you know, I, I, it would be it would be stupid to try and count them out anymore yeah. Yeah. Uh, because they've won two in a row and they've both been very, you know, plucky performance. Not necessarily trademark Pacific wins in the playoffs, but that really doesn't matter at all, does it? Does not. Don't look now, but here come Pacific, and one of those big players is is there again, and that's Manny Aparicio. He caught up with Charlie after this one. Charlie O'Connor Clark alongside Manny Aparicio. Manny, two wins down, two to go. Um, tell me about that game. Yeah, I mean, crazy, crazy all around. Uh, we had a hectic uh, schedule to, to get here. Uh, obviously, with, with not knowing if we were going to go through York, I guess uh, league and club couldn't really plan too much for it. So, uh, and, and then obviously all the kilometers in between us. So, honestly, it was a huge grind. Uh, to, to get here, uh, sleeping in Toronto, getting here last night, 7 p.m., waking up and coming straight to the field. Uh, honestly, huge, huge credit and huge. Uh, uh, just, just um, I'm, I'm amazed with the guys. The, the way we grinded through it, the way we put everything into the game. We knew it was going to be a battle. We know what it's like coming here with all these fans and, and the environment that they have here. So honestly, uh, amazing feeling to get the win. Yeah, roughly like 60 hours between full time on Wednesday and kickoff here. Yeah. It was 11 a.m. Pacific time when yeah. we kicked off. Um, and by the end of this game, you guys had to dig deep. It took all like everything you had, right? Yeah, it took everything. It took, uh, I think, almost every player we had here. Uh, uh, we all came in and, and knew what we had to do to, to, to start off the game. And then the guys who came off the bench, same thing. They knew that. It was a game that they had to come in and run and, and give everything for the team and for the jersey, and, and luckily that's that's what we did. I know that at the end of the regular season, you know, it, it had it ended the way that you guys wanted to, but now that you've won these two games in a row, I feel like none of that matters anymore, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, uh, it, it obviously didn't end how we wanted, uh, but we've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. You know, playoffs is a whole different beast. It's about managing minutes. It's about managing games, managing moments, certain certain moments in games where, where you just got to be on top, and, and so far, so good for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, by the time this goes out, we'll probably know at the moment we don't know who you're playing next week. But for you guys, it doesn't necessarily matter. You've got one more, uh, one more final to go play in. Yeah, one more final, one more away game. We know we're playing away. We know we're going to have to travel. We're going to be tired. We're going to you know, get jet lag and all those things. But, I mean, so far, it's, it's working in our favor. So far, uh, 
uh, it's going well for us. So uh, you know, we just take it one game at a time. Whoever it is, we'll be we'll be ready for it. We'll be studying them, and, and hopefully we're on the front foot again. Two consecutive one-nil wins for Pacific, who next week will play for a spot in the CPL final. Manny, thank you. Thank you. Great stuff from Charlie and Manny. And quick one, Charlie. Manny again asked to play a different role, but was yeah. tremendous. Yeah, I thought that he maybe quietly had a really, really impressive night uh, afternoon in Halifax, especially at the end of the game when he was really the only one with any energy left on the pitch for Pacific, who I, I don't know where he gets it from. He seems to be able to play every minute when he's healthy and, and just run forever. Uh, and he was a, a really big part of them winning this game. He was winning balls in midfield. He was even in stoppage time. He's running the ball to the corner mm. and outpacing defenders. Uh, just... You know, he is the heart and soul of that Pacific team. And, and when Manny is on his game, they are far more likely to have a good day. Yeah, definitely. We'll turn our attention to Halifax next. But before, here's some more reaction from their 20-year-old. That's right, only 20-year-old Emil Gazdorf after back-to-back clean sheets, two in four days. Here with Emil Gazdorf, post-game reaction brought to you by Allstate. Emil, 1-0. You guys are playing for a chance to be in the final next week. What a game, right? A great game. This is the games you live to play for. I mean, the crowd, the atmosphere, the pressure, everything is... One of those days. I know it was a tough journey for you guys from the other coast to get here. Time for this game. Just tell me about the resilience of this team. I know you were tired to stay in that. No, it's tough. Really tough. Like, the travel is insane. But this group right here shows you that we don't stop. We're so determined. We want that final. The season didn't go quite as we wanted, so we make up for it now, and that's what we've been doing. Tell me about just yourself today. You had a bunch of saves to make. There was, it was not easy at times. You got a little help at times from the woodwork, but uh, you seemed like you were pretty dialed in. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the whole defense is locked in. It's not just me. Amir bailed me out a couple of times. Tommy did well. The whole defense. And that's what we do. We're a unit. We just work. The regular season didn't end the way that you guys wanted it, but none of that matters right now because you have a chance to play in the final. How excited are you moving on to go to the next round? Uh, I mean, you, can, you can see how excited we are. It's yeah. a big opportunity, and uh, we're ready for it. That's all I can say. We're ready for it. Yeah. Pacific FC in action again next week. Emil, thanks so much, buddy. Fantastic interview by Charlie, and of course, shout out to Michael Chisholm as well. He was obviously editing and producing that piece. Uh, Incredibly humbling to see how much taller than me he is. <laughs> yeah, he's a big boy. But, no, that great and great moment for him, right? I mean, this is yeah. his first professional season. He's been up and down. He got dropped a little bit, but his manager and his team backed him, and mm-hmm. uh, so far, it's rewarding. It it is, and I, honestly, this is something that James Merriman as well deserves a lot of credit for because it's been a tough season for Emil. Uh, in the early stages, he's come under a lot of criticism as a young goalkeeper. He had some poor performances, and James Merriman showed a lot of faith in this kid who you know, he's spoken very highly of all year. He left them in there. He kept him in the goal, and now in the playoffs, it is paying off, uh, which is, I guess, uh, the that, that's what happens when you do believe in a young player and you give them that opportunity and you, you trust them, and then their confidence just grows. And I think Emil's confidence is at the highest point it's been all season, which is the best time for that. Every credit, that's what the league's about, is producing young players and you cannot have um, quick hooks. And, you can't, you, you know, mm-hmm. in football sometimes, uh, I suppose much like life, people are very quick to judge other people and make decisions right away on people. And uh, Emil Gazdorf had a couple of, two or three big big moments where it didn't go as well, his way, particularly in highlights, if you're watching that. But they've stuck by him. I thought his distribution was tremendous in back-to-back games as well. Uh, and every credit to Pacific and, Gaz- and Emil Gazdorf, who now make it to the semi-final. Let's talk about Halifax uh, before we do and get Charlie's version on them. Let's go back and get some immediate reaction from one soccer. Here's Patrice Geyser with the panel. You joined pitch side by Patrice Geyser. Patrice, we're sitting there thinking, man, it's just not Halifax's day. I- is that what you kind of felt from your perspective? You did all you could, but the result just didn't fall your way? Yeah, I mean, we ended up hitting three posts, had two cleared off the line. Uh, I, I give a lot of credit to our guys um, that the second half, we certainly brought it all we could. Um, and the bounces weren't really going our way. Everything was a bit short. Everything was a bit long. And we take the experience. It's really difficult to take it because I still think we did enough to get something out of it. But we didn't. And, you know, that's the cruelty or the beautiful part of this game. Depends on which end you're at today. Mm. Patrice, I'm gutted for you. Uh, just but just the way that Halifax have played football this season, obviously you're a big part of that. But just can you tell us a little bit about what you said at halftime? Because you can see Pacific 
how they sat everyone behind the ball. What was the game plan going into the second half? Um, we were, I mean, we got punished, so the number one thing we wanted to do is take care of the ball a little bit more, and we felt we were, you know, our football was really predictable, we had too many guys underneath the first line of pressure, so we started to commit more numbers forward, we started playing guys more between lines, and we relied more on wide play, and, you know, that's where we got the, the, uh, the crossbars out of. You know, we were trying to be uh, uh, a bit different than we were the first half, and try to get more numbers forward. Patrice, it's Christian. I know you say you never want to be too high and never be too low, but I know it's difficult. But is there a chance, because we probably won't hear from you again live with this season on One Soccer, is there a chance that you can try and summarize this season? Like, when you get back to see your lovely wife and kids in the winter, like, how will you look back on this day in particular and, and what the year's been like for you in Halifax? Yeah, it's been... <laughs> It's been a roller coaster. Um, you know, I, I, I'll never forget the first eight games and, you know, going to places I've never gone to continue to believe the way we play and the, the way we do, we do things. We stuck to our principles. I'm so proud of the group for remaining with our identity and continuing to play. I, I, I genuinely believe this group has two or three extremely high elite players that keep, you know, keep moving and moving up. And, I was, you know, I wish there were more games that we could have played KJ to see what we're made of. But, you know, I'm really proud of the way we grew. We got better. We learned to manage things. The the 46th minute goals were gone. The 90 plus minute goals are gone. So we learned a lot about management and we learned to stick to our principles and, you know, continue to play football and hopefully results will go our way and we could go further next year. Can't wait for it. Well, you said it, Patrice. Uh, you have a lot to be proud of. For all that it's good off the field, you kind of put the focus and really put Halifax on the map in terms of the way that you play on the field. A lot of credit goes to you Thank and you. your staff. Um, we appreciate all of your time this season. Heartbreak today, but brighter days are ahead. Thank you so much, Patrice. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. What a class act and what a fantastic addition he's been, not only the Halifax, but the entire Canadian Premier League. Thank you to Patrice Geiser for all his time and all he's done this season. Uh, Charlie, you wrote that it's been a storybook season, uh, in a sense, for Halifax. It certainly has. Not every storybook ends with the perfect finish, and they yeah. didn't get the perfect finish this time. But being on the ground, getting the uh, the, the whole emotion as you talk about, uh, how do you summarize their season and, and maybe what just couldn't get over the line on on, on, a, on a marginal day that – very, very other, in other, many other ties could have gone the other way. Yeah, I think that to begin, the, the Halifax Wanderers have absolutely nothing to be ashamed of for this season. I think that when you have a new coach come in, you have an almost entirely new squad come in at the start of the season. I honestly, I think that they're well ahead of where they they expected to be uh, at one season in under Patrice Geiser, and I think he's said that several times. Like when they yeah. clinched a playoff spot, they have to be right. Of course, they have to be. Of course, the number of players that weren't even playing professionally last year uh, are in there. Uh, it's just incredible the way that that team came together and not just came together in the way that they could grind out, you know, kind of ugly results. They would uh, sit back or anything like that. They played some very entertaining football at times this year, which is an incredibly difficult thing to do in your first year under a head coach uh, in a new environment. So all the credit in the world to them. This was a day where it, it as we've mentioned, just didn't didn't fall for them. And the the thing that is maybe a shame, I mean, we don't we don't cheer for any team on, in our department on this podcast, but you could feel that if one of those balls had gone into the net, that stadium was about to explode. Right. Uh, and it was going to be uh, a, a truly a truly magical moment uh, in that in that community. And, you know, it's a bit of a maybe a little bit of a, a you know, what if kind of situation for Halifax. But honestly, I think that this is the first, and you'll never get another first home playoff game, but there will be others at the Wanderers' grounds and, and probably in the not-too-distant future. Not this year, but but very well probably next year. Um, and the, it just feels like they're on a, a really, really, really solid trajectory at the moment, and, and I'm really excited to see this team play football again. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm if anything, uh, sad that we don't get to see this team anymore this year, right? Because uh, they have been one of the best stories in the league this year. Uh, it's been it's been an incredible year, and, and there was a lot of emotion in the players and the fans after. Um, but, you know, so many fans stuck around after the game, and players took 
probably about half an hour walking around the whole pitch, greeting every single fan that came over to the to the boards on the side to talk to them. And and you can just see how special what is happening in Halifax is on and off the pitch. So, you know, again, nothing for that team to be ashamed of and a, a disappointing day. But once they kind of take some time and look back on it, they will, they will probably have a lot to be proud of from this year. Undoubtedly, as you said, a storybook season, you, none of us get to control the scripts. It wasn't the script they wanted. In the end, the storyline was just simply hosting the game and a, and a marvelous day in that they didn't get the outcome that they needed, but those outcomes will come. Uh, definitely will come in years to come and maybe just in a year to come. As you said, the trajectory is definitely going the right way. I am just absolutely thrilled for that community, that wonderful city and that fantastic province and how much football that, that is now there and how much they how much joy they get from it. Um, and, you know, they have come so far this year to, to get entertained to the level what they've gone. And now that, you know, they will become a perennial threat, no doubt about it going forward. Yeah. But there is just something about sports that reminds us that sometimes uh, you cannot rush that and you have to learn to lose in order to then know how to learn to win. And that's just where they're at right now. Pacific forge cavalry, the three teams left just have a little bit more experience um, and that will come now, and a lot of those players will be back next season and more continuity, uh, both on the bench and on the pitch. Uh, Daniil Henry was one of the king- significant additions as well, and he's been a brilliant addition to Halifax on and off the field as well. And after this one, Charlie uh, got to speak with the Canadian international. Joined now by Daniil Henry of Halifax Wanderers. Daniil, that's not you know, the, the result you guys are hoping for. Just tell me about this game, because I felt like maybe soccer gods are on your side today. Yeah, well, um, let's take every positive out of it. Um... First time having a playoff at home. Um, the supporters of this club have been amazing since I've came here. I'm so thankful. Um, and they came out in numbers today. I thought that we played really, really well. Um, I want to thank the owners, um, Derek, um, Matt, Patrice, everybody. Everybody put their effort in tonight. The boys were amazing tonight. We had spells where I thought, well, of course, we could have won two or three. But sometimes this is football. So we take, we take the positives out of today and we get back stronger for next season. So... Definitely looking forward to what the future has, especially with the plans of the stadium and everything expanding here. So thank you, Halifax. It's been amazing this year. Absolutely. Dan Nimick just told us a story about how when you were looking at signing at this club, they were in eighth place. Yeah. Uh, you finished the season third, tied for second on points. Uh, it was a pretty special run for you guys, wasn't it? Very special run. Um, we're heading back from um, Winnipeg. Uh, just going through my pictures, and um, I remember <laughs> it was June 7th. Um, when um, Patrice and I were talking and trying to figure out um, what's the best move for me. So I started watching more games, and when I checked the standings, we were dead last. But when I watched games, I noticed that it wasn't a team that was eighth place um, caliber. Uh, This was a team that was (laughs) very unlucky and just needed a few things to get um, this thing ignited, and definitely showed it. Um, So definitely proud of the boys, and listen, we we can hold our heads down, or not hold our heads down, but be upset with the result, but um, if we weren't, then of course we shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it was a, a big decision for you at that point to come out here to Halifax, come to the CPL at all. Uh, just, I mean, it's the season just ended, but tell me maybe your quick impressions of, of what this experience has been like in the early days. Yeah, um, like anything that you believe in, um, it takes work. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes commitment. Um, well, I can kind of relate it to when John took over the national team. And the transition of dark days and trying to figure out what's going to take this team to be great. But what we didn't have an experience, we had in work rate, and, and, and we were fearless. Um, and I see a lot of those qualities in this changing. So um, I'll be looking forward to seeing where we go with next. Lastly, just this this stadium today, it felt like it was so ready to explode if one of those had gone in. Just tell me about you know, the, the atmosphere here and how special this day was for this for this club and community. Yeah, it's, 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 I, I had no idea that they had a football culture like this um, in Halifax. I was surprised. From my debut here, um, when we beat Ottawa, I think 1-0, uh, Theo scored the goal. So today, they've always been out here in numbers, rain or shine, um, standing by us. And it's good to show our respects and, and make sure that when the games are done, we always um, give it back to our fans. Yeah, still a special day in Halifax, but unfortunately, the end of the road for 2023. Daniel, thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. 
Daniil as ever, very gracious with his time. It should be mentioned, though, afterwards, he did receive a red card along with Pacific FC's Kunle Dadaluk in the official match report. Um, it said that Daniil received a red card for violent conduct and Kunle Dadaluk offen- uh, using offensive, insulting, or abusive language and or gestures. So um, we'd imagine that would be tried to be appealed. And we'll see about Kunle's availability for the next two games. But Daniil Henry, uh, red card suspension. Um who knows whether that'll be carry on next year if he's back. But Charlie, he was here and he played 14 games for Halifax Wanderers. I think just three starts, but his impact on the pitch was obviously very important, but off it was, um, you know, unmatched really. You, you just couldn't put any kind of numbers or any kind of value to it. It was, it was in, in, incredible. A hundred percent. And and I don't think I'd, I'd say that a lot, but until I got on the ground in Halifax uh, this weekend and to see it in person, I don't think, fully hit me how much of an impact he does have on this club i mean just the the staff at at the stadium that you know he's only known for a couple of months he comes in and he hugs every single one of them um every player that he speaks to every teammate uh it's just incredible to see how that leadership kind of impacts this club obviously a very young defensive back at at this team as well uh and for a guy like daniel henry to come in and to teach players like Dan Nimick and Kale Lockery and, and all these players has been incredibly, incredibly valuable for this team. And I think you know, these players all have long careers and, and probably quite impressive careers ahead of them. And to have had this experience at the ages of 22, 21 for a lot of them is going to be valuable for this, them individually and for this club going forward. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Thank you, Charlie. Great work as ever. And continue to read Charlie's stuff at campiel.ca. Pacific's victory means we are down to three teams left in the pursuit of the North Star Cup. In Calgary, it was first versus second in a qualifying semifinal. The winner will be hosting the final and the loser move on to host the semifinal. Mitchell Tierney was all over this one for us. Mitch, thanks for waiting and being patient. Great to see you as ever. The new playoff format has had a remarkable impact on the competitive nature of the regular season. But this is new territory. We didn't really know how one versus two would play out. But in the end, it felt big and important, didn't it? Your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think the biggest compliment you can maybe pay this game is the fact that it felt like an elimination match in terms of the intensity and the the spectacle with which it was played. Uh, you always get that uh, a little bit between these two sides, but it was at the next level because of what was on the line in terms of uh, hosting the final. And I thought Calvary, they came out looking great and, and were excellent out of the gate at home. Um, but you know, Forge in, in maybe a different look, uh, suffered a little bit at the start of the match, but were able to survive and then uh, take advantage of a, a Calvary mistake on a corner kick in the 29th minute, a goal that uh, they really were not happy about, you know, conceding there. And then an outstanding second goal from Forge, uh, you know, Reza Rama with the, the back heel, Noah Jensen's layoff. And then I thought Jordan Wilson did a really excellent job on the one soccer broadcast of breaking down why that was such an impressive finish from Kyle Becker on the half volley. Calvary wake up after that but uh, and get a goal through Joe Mason uh, on a set piece of their own. But at the end of the day, um, you know, a 23rd time in 25 meetings between these two that's either decided by a single goal or ends in a draw showing how close the margins have been. But what's really been the difference between these two sides has been how they've done in the postseason. And again, Forge get the job done, and not only do they get to advance to their fifth final, but they'll be hosting that as well. Yeah, it's remarkable. I mean, you just alluded to it. The, you know, these are the two heavyweight kings of the Canadian Premier League. You know, they just are. I mean, we give Pacific a lot of time, a lot of time in the year. They won the twenty twenty one, and they got there. But for them to be matched up again in the playoffs is always special. And they played it up, and they played up to the role. And I thought it was a fantastic game of football. Tactically, so much to get into as well. Coaches and agents messaging me just how how high level a game it was. Let we'll get into the cavalry side short, shortly, Mitch. But let's talk Forge because. Well, they do it again. Uh, Bobby spoke about keeping uh, his team hungry and motivated is always a bit of a challenge. This was not a challenge for them. This was not a problem on this day to get them motivated. What impressed you the most about them and, and, and the ability to win again? Yeah, I mean, I thought that was intriguing to hear Bobby kind of open up a little bit about how much they have struggled at times this year to find that motivation. He used uh, the great Michael Jordan as an example and um, how Michael Jordan took a little bit of time away from basketball to to come back and, and, you know, kind of have his second chapter. And we know some of the stories about Michael Jordan and some of the you know, stories he had to make up for himself to kind of stay motivated and, you know, completely fabricate something that an opponent said to him to 
to find that within himself to stay at the top. Um, but I do think mentally, you know, Forge came into this game and got it completely right in terms of approaching this like a game that they couldn't lose. Like there was no tomorrow for them. And really, I think they needed this match just to prove to themselves that they still were at that level. Calvary have done that all season, proving to them, you know, proving that they are the the top team, at least over 28 games in, in the CPL. Forge haven't really done that this year. So um, yeah, I was really impressed with that. Uh, I thought they were really clinical in the moments they needed to be, which is something they've also had issues with this year and in scoring those those two goals. And, you know, the negatives of success is you have to create those internal motivations. But the benefit is, of course, the amount of players that they have that know how to win these matches. And, you know, with the injury to Wubens Pasillas, you bring in Noah Jensen, who's obviously started in a CPL final. You lose Mandricar James early in the second half, and you're able to bring on Dom Samuel, who's played in three CPL finals or played in all four CPL finals, started in three of them. So when you're the player and you can look to the left and your right and know that, you know, you have these guys who are confident in these moments, uh, that has to be uh, incredible. And, uh, you know, again, they get the job done uh, when it matters most. Yeah, they really do. And that's an incredible intangible, you know, intangible skill of a leadership team that they've got there. You know, you could see it, as you mentioned it, they weren't, intimidated at all you know Mandrakar James played a lot of big games Tristan Henry's there again Janssen and Becker and you know that Be- Campbell's played a lot of big games Schwanier came on so uh really really very very impressive performance uh with more on some reaction let's go back to our friends at One Soccer and some post-game immediate reaction here's Bobby Sminiotis with the panel success and let's go back to Echo Field right now and the man that oversees it all is Bobby Smirniotis. Uh Bobby Ho-Hum I told you this is forge season and your side once again delivers what was the key to success today uh, your prediction uh, pre-match I think uh, you know you, you called it yourself so please do please do it again in two weeks uh, no all, all fun aside I think uh, ta- tactically we did an excellent job today the guys put in uh, put in a shift we've created a lot of opportunities probably would have hoped to have had a third goal um, but uh, yeah these matches are always excellent and there was another excellent match uh, for both of our teams in the league Bobby congrats on the win and congrats on the performance I think I know you're a tactician. I know we can sit down and, and over a coffee or whatever you want to drink and talk about footy all the time. I know this is something that's so important with you. Tactics is how you play. In the next two weeks, I think you have a problem on your hands of the 11 that you'd like to play. Because Noah Jensen tonight stepped up. Her job report in the middle looked good. I guess what the question I'm going to ask you is who are you leaning to? Who did you really like today and who performed really well outside of a Kyle Becker? Just give us some names that you thought were exceptional that are really going to make your job hard in two weeks. Yeah, you mentioned one of them right off the bat there. Noah Jensen did an excellent job for us. You know, his energy in the midfield, his ability to carry the ball. He did a great job finding the pockets um, that we had read uh, pregame. Uh, and the guys found them very well. And they gave us good opportunities to attack in the open field. And I thought he was tremendous. And uh, this is a guy that's uh, showing up in some big games for us. So he's obviously, we know, somebody we can count on. We've got a lot of depth in this squad. But, you know, everyone's got to step up at some point. Today, we're missing one of our top scorers in uh, Ruben Spasias, and uh, Noah's done an excellent job. I thought Benny Badibanga was very good in giving us a release going forward. Uh, maybe we got a penalty there. I haven't seen it. I thought he was very good in that second half and in pushing us forward and trying to give us another, you know, dimension in the attack. And then our defenders were just resilient. We're super today, and that's what's needed in these games because apart from tactics, uh, you need that will and desire, and we had that today. Yeah, you certainly did, Bobby. We all thought it was a penalty as well, yeah. by, the, by the way. Um, I, would, I would ask you about Kyle Becker, and feel free to answer about him if you like, because I know you've talked about him a lot. But the other thing I want to ask you is about that desire of lifting a trophy at home now. You've accomplished so much in your tenure in Hamilton. Uh, you know, your, your record speaks for itself. I'll be one of the finest coaches we have in this country. But how much of that vocabulary will be spoken about now, the desire to try and do something you've not done before and, and lift it in, 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 inside Tim Hortons Field, something you've not yet done? Yeah, I think that's what we always try and find, you know, as, as a coaching staff, we always try and find that different layer of motivation um, because one of the toughest things in, in our job here at Forge is, is keeping these guys striving for the top. You know, it's uh, one year, two years, three years, four years. Here we are, fifth year. So you need to come up with different things. And here's a perfect one to do it. You know, our fans are excellent. They've been behind us. They've celebrated on the road with us. They've seen us travel all over the place. It'd be great to get this one done at home. 
Yeah, a lot different this time around than 2021. Rather than two days to prepare, now you have two weeks to prepare. So next weekend, you get to sit back and enjoy, watch Cavalry play Pacific. Do you want Cavalry again at home or Pacific to kind of make amends for what happened in 2021? The one thing I make sure I never do is think about an opponent or, or pick an opponent uh, because, you know what, on that day, it's, it's everyone. So once we get them on, uh, on Saturday, we'll uh, start working on that tactical plan for that game and uh, we'll give our best foot forward as we usually do in these final matches. I tried my best right there. Uh, congratulations. You're going back to another Canadian Premier League final. Well done. Well played. Safe travels, Bobby. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Great job. Thank you, guys. Great job by Bobby Smirniotis. Uh, quite honest as ever. A couple of questions on Forge. One from the chat. Alexander asks, Forge with a consensus favorites coming into this season. Does their second place finish and making it to the final make this a successful season or is it a North Star Cup or bust? Uh, for me, Mitch, it's North Star Cup or bust. If they want to be classed as a successful season, I don't think they have any interest in just making a final. No, I do think their ultimate goal is making it to the the CONCACAF Cup. But at this stage, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, they'll want to, to lift a trophy and and lift a trophy in front of the home fans. So, um, yeah, I think, I think you know, the Forge seasons are defined by silverware at this point. And if they don't end up with any, then uh, it's a disappointing season. They are confirmed as hosts of the CPL final, which will be taking place at Tim Hortons Field on Saturday, October the 28th at 6 p.m. Get your tickets now. Mitch, they won just four, though, of 14 home games this season. Um, had won three of their, just their last 10 in all competitions before this past weekend. No matter, though, who they play, should they now be considered favorites? What do you think? I think it's foolish to bet against Fortune in the playoffs at this point. Uh, you know, they've now played 12 CPL postseason games, including the Island games. They have nine wins, just one loss. Outscored their opponents 16-6. to six, Never allowed more than a single goal. Six clean sheets. It's just an incredible level of dominance. And, you know, one of the big stories, obviously, leading into this will be how they deal with that layoff. And, and Bobby Smirniotis admit, af admitted after the game that he hates days off but you know 14 days um for forge to dial in their tactical plan i think it works out nicely where they kind of get seven days to really work on themselves and then seven days knowing who the opponent is to kind of tweak that setup based on who they're going to be playing and crucially 14 days to recover key players um you know we don't know what the status is of mandicar james and wilbins pasillas but we did see david schwanier there at the end and if you have him available even off the bench in the final that's an absolute game changer so that's critical for them and you know, as Bobby said at the end of that interview there, I think they have an easy motivation for this one, which is lifting the North Star Cup in front of their home fans for the first time. So I think regardless of who they play, it's going to be a fascinating final with so many storylines, but I think they have to be considered the favorite. Yeah, I agree with that. It's funny how things change, though, no? I mean, Cavalry won the league by 13 points. Complete and utter domination. They were by far and away the best team this season, um, but just lost narrowly in, in a marginal game. Uh, what went wrong, if anything? What was your thoughts on, on the Cavs' performance? Yeah, I think those margins just get so much thinner in the postseason where during a regular season you can have a bad game or a bad half. But, you know, if you have a bad 20 minutes in a postseason game, a single match, it costs you dearly. And I thought really the the 23 or so minutes, and, and Calvary echoed this after the match in between the two goals, um, they just didn't offer enough. They had no shots, no shot attempts in, in general during that time. And, you know, the first goal, obviously, they're, they're not happy with in terms of conceding in on a set piece. You know, Carducci could have cleared it potentially. Uh, they didn't deal well enough with having Hajabrapur in that uh, position to, to put pressure on their goalkeeper. And, you know, then allowing the second goal, you know, Tommy Wielden Jr. said it after the match. These goal, these games are always defined by, you know, a one goal difference. So a two goal cushion is a, is a real mountain to climb when you're playing against Forge or their cavalry in these games so to their credit they almost climbed it you know camargo hits a crossbar moosey puts one wide of the net that half the stadium thought was in for a good uh 30 seconds but you, you know that determination is a positive but at the end of the day you know going down two goals in, in a playoff match you know you're not going to win many of them yeah and you have been 
almost quarterback in this stat for a long time, how fast cavalry start games as well. And they, mm-hmm. you know, they just didn't get a lead, which is unusual. In fact, it was, I think it was the first time in almost 15 months since July of last year that they went in down one nil at halftime at home. Uh, that was a real Crazy. rarity as well. So every, every credit to, to forge be able to pull that, pull that around uh, with some more reaction. Let's go back to the one, one soccer panel. Here is cavalry head coach, Tommy Wilden Jr. Cavalry really pushed late, had their fair share of chances as well. Let's chat with their manager, Tommy Wielden Jr. Uh, Tommy, what went wrong today? What was the missing ingredient that maybe wasn't able to get you guys over the line in this one, which was a very competitive game? I think it was decided by the first goal, and it's a soft one when we reflect back at it. You know, Marco even talked about it at halftime that we should have not even add the corner to, to begin with. And then the response wasn't what, what, what we used to. But, you know, once that second goal, and it was a bit of quality from Kyle Becker, that's the difference. Our, our number 10 hits a crossbar, bounces down. Uh, we score, we keep going. I mean, and they do a great job of managing the game and killing the steam. But I got, you know, we're not going to get too, uh, it's not an elimination game. So what we've got to do is take the learnings out of this one and move on to the next one. Tommy, you, I, I mentioned last week that you're brave and your side come out to play. You don't feel at any way shell-shocked looking at you. You're saying, look, we just got to take care of business. We might just have to do it the long way. Do you feel as if today that you guys just weren't as sharp on the ball as you normally were? Do you think that kind of led to your demise and, and not having the win today? I think of it this way, Wills. You know, the first 15, 20 minutes, you know, Mushi's had a breakaway. We've had a couple of good half chances. We probably had the first bet of that. And then they changed the game with the corner. And goals in this tight of a playoff change games. I was disappointed with the lads, and I shared that half time about the response after the goal. I thought we could have been braver. So second half, we had a go. And, you know, we've had two chances one end and Kyle Becker's quality the other end. But then the response came, and all I'll talk to the lads is about is it came a little bit too late, and I think we're in there. So I'm not struggling or suffering through this. We've, uh, we know we can play well. We've shown we've finished, got the crowd off their feet. we just get another game week next week. Yeah, Tommy, I was going to ask you about that. You've obviously deserved this one moment where you can have a bit of a blip. That's the whole purpose of this, this new playoff format in terms of getting that opportunity again. I think it's just your eighth playoff loss, sorry, eighth home loss in any game in five years, by the way, there in the CPL play. And you've not lost back-to-back games all season long. So is it worth saying that if you were going to have a blip, this was the game to do it on? And your fact that you've been the best team for a long time, that you've still got two games to win and get to a final and win it? Yeah, and that's that's the playoff format, isn't it? We knew with this one, was, we, we'd have loved to have played at home in front of our fans. They deserve it. They've been terrific this year. And that was our moment. And maybe there was that one where, you know, Forge needed this one. They needed to, to win. We've already got it. And that's what I'll uh, dissect with the players. But I'm not concerned because they'll go out next week. You know, sometimes you look, the Valor loss. We were 2-0 up at time. Everyone's saying what went wrong. Look at the response our lads had because they were counted out. And that's what I'm going to lean on here is uh, these moments make you better well another familiar foe comes back to echo field next weekend pacific cavalry we're already looking forward to that um best of luck moving forward tommy and we'll chat again next week thanks for this all right thank you cheers bye tommy wielden jr Thanks to Tommy for his time there as well. And congratulations on breaking news in the CPL as Tommy Wilden Jr. of Cavalry FC, Bobby Miniotis of Forge FC, and Patrice Geyser of the Halifax Wanderers have been nominated for the 2023 CPL Coach of the Year. Uh, of course, that'd be fantastic to see who wins that. And that goes, I believe, next Thursday, match day minus two in Hamilton on Thursday, October the 26th, as part of the festivities surrounding the CPL final. More on Cavalry from Mitchell in a second, but let's get some player reaction from the press conference. Let's hear from Dan Klump. Um, bad day at the office, I wouldn't say that. Um, I think we played a pretty decent game, um, especially the first 15, 20 minutes. I think we definitely dominated the game um, up until the goal. And like like we said already in the locker room, it took us too long to react and like get back to ourselves again after the goal. And I blame it on myself for not lifting up the team. And um, But yeah, I think we, we started pretty good then at one moment and then the second half I think we created enough chances to get back into it and then uh, yeah Joe Mason with a with a great header uh, putting us back and I think lift the hope for all the fans in the stadium and um, yeah just unfortunate to not make the equalizer in the last uh, five ten minutes 
Mitch Clark would go on to say they will be even more motivated next week. Cavalry now play Pacific at home in a repeat of the 2021 CPL semifinal. Almost 15 months since they lost back-to-back home games. They just beat Pacific on the final day of the regular season overwhelmingly by three goals to nil. How big of a favorite will be they in this one? And, and I'd imagine most people would expect them to still win that game to get to the final. Yeah, I think sometimes you can throw those um, final day of the season matches out the window because they're meaningless. But this wasn't necessarily the case because Pacific really wanted to win that one in terms of, um, you know, moving up to a higher seating. So based on recent evidence, and I think it's what, 15 point gap between the two sides in, in the table this year. I think you have to make Cavalry the, the favorites going into that. And you know, this is an opportunity they've never really been afforded where they get a true second chance in, in the postseason um, under the new format. You know, before it was, say, there's a second leg, but there's always away goals and that kind of thing to contend with, where this is truly a, a complete second chance and they have a full opportunity um, to, to turn things around. And maybe the one question is the mentality in the sense that Pacific have now played two straight matches where they absolutely had to win to extend their season and Calvary haven't played in such a match this year but i think this cavalry group's proven that they can get up for for big games and have responded really well to you know any disappointment that they've had to suffer this year so you know they've talked a lot about uh, rewriting records and this is a, a chance to kind of have a do over the 2021 season where you know if they can beat pacific in the semifinals they would go to a final in hamilton and you know, a, a bit of a weird one here where, you know, Calvary had to cheer for Forge uh, against Pacific late in the season because they wanted to clinch the CPL shield. And now Forge, you know, while Bobby didn't quite admit to it, I think they'll probably be cheering for Calvary because if Calvary win, uh, they lock up a spot in, in the CONCACAF Cup after finishing uh, second in the, the CPL season, kind of regardless of what happens in that final. So that's an interesting uh, thing to watch for in that one as well. But I think you have to consider Calvary the favorites. Yeah, and if Cavalry are able to win it, then that gives an opportunity, as you said, that every other team has taken by winning a CPL final away from home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that'll be we can, 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 uh, something we can continue to look. In fact, I think through 13 true playoff knockout games in the playoffs, uh, only three away, uh, only three home wins. Uh, so it's certainly tilted towards the form of the away team in a lot of these knockout games in the CPL so far. Great work, Mitch. Thanks as ever. And of course, we can catch all your work at campiel.ca. We end the show by taking a look at the playoff format and where we stand. And it's almost done. It's getting closer and closer. As we know now, Forge will host that final on Saturday, uh, October the 28th at 6 p.m. Eastern. Tickets available now at Tim Hortons Field. That should be an absolute cracker. And they'll be hosting either Cavalry or Pacific. That semifinal goes this Saturday. Uh, tickets available now in Calgary at the 21st at 2 o'clock local time, 4 o'clock Eastern. Of course, all these games live on our friends at one soccer uh should be a fantastic schedule uh to look ahead to the final days of the season as well and looking forward to what has been a brilliant postseason to continue with two more games we end this week hearing from a man who knows all too well the importance of games this time of the season forge fans love him cavalry fans likely loathe him what is not split though is the admiration and form of the skipper in hamilton cal becker who showed once again class is permanent We'll leave you with Becca and some words of wisdom when it comes to see just how important games are this time of the year. Have a good week. I don't know. Um, the only thing I can think about is the message I said to the guys before the game. When you're growing up, you want to play in massive games like this. But the reality is when you're a professional, playoff games, games for trophies don't come around too often. So you got to cherish them. And we've been lucky enough to now going into the, the fifth final of Forge FC. It's... It's awesome. This is stuff you play on your front lawn about, play in the backyard about when you're growing up, and I don't know, it's just fun.